Hi, welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. In the last episode, Take Out The Trash, I talked about the trash and irrelevant people and thoughts we hold on to. The trash that don't really serve any purpose, don't help us, but instead hurt us, and some stories from my past. I focused on how this affects our mental health and why it's healthy to take out the trash. In this episode, I have a special guest, Jody Harrison Bauer, someone I work with and someone who also has become an important person in my life this past year. Jody's life and story is so empowering. She's a two-time World Fitness America and World Fitness Universe champion. She's a personal trainer at her fitness studio, Jody Fit, and she graced the New York Post cover for making top 60 at a Sports Illustrated Swim open casting call out of thousands of women. She was on Good Morning America for being empowering and fearless for not letting age hold her back. And not to mention, she turned 60 years old last month. I love working with Jody because we are very much similar with her ambition and open-mindedness. For the season finale of the Mental Health Series, she will talk about aging backwards, feeling boxed in, not feeling in tune with people her age, and healthy approaches to life mentally, physically, and emotionally. Okay. All right. Hi, Jody. Hi, Grace. How are you? Good. This feels a little weird that the roles are reversed here, and I'm always listening to your your episodes, so this is really fun. It's kind of nice to be in this position every once in a while. I know, right? You're always the host. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's, it's kind of nice to just sit back and say, okay, what are you doing? Drive, drive the car. I'll sit here. I mentioned in the introduction for this episode that I was excited to have you on my podcast because you've been you've become an important person in my life especially, you know, this past year and this year. And I talk to you more than I talk to some of my friends. And I enjoy every conversation we have, whether it's business or personal matters. So, you know, I love working with you. I I remember when we first started, I had to listen in on your background and story. Mm -hmm. And even four months later, I'm still intrigued and fascinated by it. Yeah, I already know a lot about your background, and even though I could share it myself, I wanted you to be able to speak on it. This is the last episode in the mental health series, and I know you have so many topics that we could cover, but what I wanted you to focus on in particular was the thing that you always emphasize and reiterate is ageism and how you felt boxed in at a later age and not letting fear hold you back. So like that mentality, like what it took, especially someone your age, someone you don't see, you know, doing what you do at the age you are, she is 60. (laughs) Instead of just going from your background, maybe we could cover like the turning point. So how divorce at 42 was your turning point, how you approach the years following after the divorce mentally. Okay. So yeah, I've been around for 60 years. And by the way, I absolutely love talking to you too. I am learning so much from you. So, you know, it's never ever too late to learn from somebody else. You know, at 60, I do not have all the answers. And I have learned so much from you, Grace. You have such great insight and just working with you has pushed me outside of my comfort zone. And I appreciate how much confidence you have in me 
to get my messages out there because you know that I get scared a lot when we were, you're like, oh, let's do this. Let's do that. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. How do I look? I don't want to look like an idiot, you know? And you're always there to say, no, 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 this is going to be good. This is going to be good. So I really appreciate your patience and your support. And, and, you know, I adore you. I absolutely adore you. And I talk to you about things that I would never talk to anybody else about. So I'm so glad that we met each other. And I believe that we met each other for a reason at a time and for a purpose. And I know that we're going to be friends until the day I die. So I just know that. One of the things that I've learned about myself in the past year is people talk about going unconscious. And really what that means is you're not really thinking about everything that you're doing. Obviously, you're not unconscious. But sometimes in our thought process, we are. And every book I pick up or any podcast I listen to about um, personal development that talks about being aware, being conscious of what you're doing and the decisions that you're making, because we can just press that autopilot button and get through life just fine. But Mm -hmm. the reason that I left, so up until I left my marriage when I was 42, I would have to say that I was just going through the motions. Yes, not when I was like raising my children and so on and so forth, but in my relationships, I was just like, you know, things just came to me and I went with the flow and did what I wanted to do, but I wasn't really thinking about what do the next five years look like until I felt that I was kind of getting stopped, like there was a a roadblock. And whether it was my ex-husband or it was the environment I was in, or it was just me, it was probably me, okay? Because I wasn't doing any personal development. Mm -hmm. And then as I started thinking about what I wanted out of life, that's when I realized that I was feeling boxed in in my marriage and feeling boxed in and going out into the world and doing the things that were true to me that was authentically me. But I didn't know any of those words back then. So when I was divorced, I I guess I would have to say that I was super naive and just went after everything that I wanted to go after. I never thought about my age. I never thought about being old. I never thought about anything. So ignorance is bliss, whatever you want to call it. I just went after And a lot of people ask me like, how did you get the guts to get on stage at 47 years old and get into stripper heels and into a bikini and and get into these fitness shows and compete? And I just never thought about it. It was just something I wanted to do. And then as we step out of our comfort zone and we become conscious of what we're doing, that makes us stronger and stronger and stronger to go and take it to the next step and the next step and the next step. And that's when I started really working on myself, really working on personal development. And even now, I mean, mm-hmm. every single day I work on it because I don't want to go through life unconscious. Where was that point where you're like, okay, I need to change this. I need to not, like, I feel boxed in. How can I make a difference in how I um, feel every day? I would say it was a few years after my second daughter was born. I would say it was around the time I was 35 or so that, you know, I think I sat back and said, okay, I have two healthy children and 
what's next? I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. I've never been asked that question. And I think that's what it was, is that I just said to myself, what's next? I had two miscarriages in between the girls and I didn't know what was next. And that's what scared me. Mm. But I was scared. I was scared of what was coming next. I didn't want to live my life for or through vicariously through my ex-husband. He had a great career. And I just felt like, what am I going to do? How am I going to show my daughters what a strong female role model is if I'm all I'm doing is, you know, working out and shopping? You know, the working out gave me the strength really mm-hmm. to to make that decision because I felt so strong within my body that that made me mentally strong. I didn't know how mentally strong I was until I started going through the divorce process and then eventually competing in fitness shows. So I think that's really what it was. I think it was 35 and I I said, what's next for me? And I realized I didn't have, I didn't know. And that scared the hell out of me. For someone who is maybe in the same position at the age right now, like in their 30s, feeling the same way and probably scared too, just as you were, what is something you would maybe say to them right now? For somebody who feels like they're stuck, so I guess that's how I would describe myself as feeling stuck and feeling, and then feeling stuck. When you, when you're stuck, then mm-hmm. you don't know how to take action. And when there's no action, there's no progress and there are no accomplishments. So my two biggest accomplishments personally were creating these two lives, Okay. I had a career as a buyer before that, and I stopped to for us to have a family. And I wasn't going to go back to that career, so I didn't know what was next. So what I would say to somebody who feels boxed in, feels stuck, feels scared, I would really get real with yourself and start writing down, start journaling. I find that that's very cathartic to start writing down how you see yourself in the next one year, two years, and five years. Like, Don't go far out to like 10, 15, 20 years unless yeah. you feel like you can. But even that scared me to go out that far. Mm-hmm. And I think the farther we go, you know, unless you're super brave, um, I wouldn't do it. So if you're in that stuck, scared point, see, you know, what is it that you really, where do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself accomplishing? What is it that you want to do? And the scary part is, what if you don't know? So that's when I would say to sit down with somebody that you look up to, somebody who's living a certain life that you want to um, model and sit down with that person and try to figure out what they're doing and what you can do. You know, hey, I see that you started this business. How did you do that? Or I, you know, so maybe it's that they want to get into better shape. Um, Maybe it's they want to get healthier. So find somebody who's living that lifestyle. I think that's a really good thing to do. But I also, uh, Honestly, I think writing things down helps so, so much because then those things that you write down could help guide you towards the help that you need. And maybe it's a therapist, you know, maybe a therapist could help guide you. 
I know right. that I went to therapy because I was so sad. I was I was sad. I didn't feel focused. And talking about my feelings also helped me realize what the problem was. Right. And I I never blamed anybody for the situation that I was in. Um I I took I took action instead. Right. There's this stereotype, especially in our society, where you have to accomplish things at a certain age. And I will say, especially where I was raised in North Carolina, all my classmates are basically married. They have kids. And it's interesting because I look at that occasionally. I do. I'll go on Facebook and I'll see all these babies and all all these weddings and engagements and feel like, wait, am I missing something here? Like start to compare. Um, I remember you were saying that and I, I couldn't believe it when you shared that with me that how early everybody was getting married. I know. And that's the thing is like that kind of reminded me of your situation, obviously not the same, but something about you don't seem to be in tune with people your age. I know we're always talking about this when we have our meetings and mm-hmm. discussing content. And I, I think I mentioned this earlier asking you just out of curiosity, but like, how does that affect you mentally to see that every day talking to people your age, um, you know, training them in the studio? Yeah. It's, I just don't feel uh, super aligned with them. And for a long time, I don't know if I ever told you this, but um, mm-hmm. when I opened up my new studio a couple of years ago, I asked the universe to bring me postmenopausal women. Did I ever tell you that? No, you didn't. This okay. is something new. I love okay. it. <laughs> so, uh, no, it was my studio. When I opened it up, I moved locations in 2014. So in the same town that I'm in right now, but not the same location. Uh, next time you come, I'll have to show you my old location in this town. So okay. I said to the universe when I came here, I said, please, universe, give me postmenopausal women. I want to help postmenopausal women because the women that I had in my other studio were 10 years younger than me. So that's who I was hanging out with. I was hanging out with everybody in their 30s and 40s. So I was 50 when I opened up my studio, 49, 50 when I opened up my studio. And all of my clients were in their 40s. And I loved them, but they were not coming to me to my new location because it was about 25 minutes away and it was a pain in the neck ride. It wasn't like, you know, you get on the road and you drive. So I'll I'll get to your, I'll answer your question, I promise. So I asked the universe, please give me postmenopause women. I'm like, okay, Jody, you're ready to take on postmenopausal women. You've gone through menopause. Come on, Jody, you're going to help all these postmenopausal women. And they came. And I was like, really? They're miserable. They're unhappy. They're miserable. They hate men. They're not having sex. And they want to blame their miserable life that they're like miserable about on everybody but themselves. One thing I can't tolerate is I can't tolerate excuses and I can't tolerate people who blame other people for their misery. Mm. Like I can't stand it. It drives me crazy. I have no tolerance. I don't have tolerance for mediocrity. I don't have tolerance for blaming or anything. So I quickly realized, okay, this is this is not this is not the um, demographic I really want to deal with. So wouldn't you know? Because your mind is so powerful. So to answer your question, 
how does it feel like to work with people that were my age? I couldn't, I wasn't on the same page to answer your question. So I felt more aligned with the 30-somethings and the 40-somethings, mostly the 30-somethings. And that's really kind of strange because that's 30 years younger than me. Yeah. Um, But I think it's because I'm so close to my daughters and their friends are close to me that I'm I'm just Jody to them. And we can have very frank conversations about boys, drug, not drugs, and boys. I mean, if they wanted to talk to me about drugs, I mean, I guess I could give them my advice about it. But, um, you know, my kids don't do drugs. So anyway, but like anything, anything, whether it's sex or boys or relationships. And so I found that I, because I was dating in my 40s, I was like the big sister to them. I think that's what it was. There there you go. I just figured it out. That that makes sense. Actually, yeah. If you're doing the same things that 30-year-olds are doing, dating, right. then your your lifestyles are the similar. You have a lot to talk about. They were very similar, which was very scary, in which my oldest daughter, who's 31, wasn't really loving it to a certain degree. I mean, it wasn't the same thing, but like I was on, you know, dating apps and I was going on dates and I was out dancing until two, three o'clock in the morning and I was doing you know, drinking tequila and dancing and having fun. And they would be like, wow, I guess mom has a better social life than we do. <laughs> say that a lot. <laughs> hey, we're the ones in bed at 11 and mom's still out. Mom, where are you? So um, so after, I guess, going back to that other question is, um, so once I realized that, and, and talking about a powerful mind, that you ask the universe to give, you pray on it, you meditate on it, it gives you what you want, and then you're like, uh, no, I don't want that. So wouldn't you know what happened? What happened next was they were like, they stopped training at the studio. Hmm. And guess who started to come? The 30-somethings. So I was working with women in their 30s. And they're the ones having babies. So I could relate to them because I'm a mom. I've had babies. I've had miscarriages. I know what it's like to raise children. So again, there I was relatable at a different point in my life that even though I could have been dating at the time also, I also could relate to them in having babies. And again, being like the older sister or um, to the 30-somethings, more like a mom depending on where they were in their life. You know what I mean? Right. So things that they wouldn't maybe talk to their mom about, like sex with their husband after having a baby, they would maybe talk to me about. So it seemed, to answer your question, it seemed very natural for Mm -hmm. me to be aligned better with people that were younger than me. You know, know, we've been trying to figure this out too. Yes. this the similarity here of like how you can how you and I have such good fluid conversations. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking till two in the morning when we were <laughs> like in you your were house. falling asleep on me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we do a lot. We do a lot with our content. Um, but that's what I'm saying is that I can talk to you so openly and not feel weird that you're 35 years older than you. Yeah, 35 years older than me. But how? It doesn't even matter. Like you would think there's like a generation gap. It blows my mind. Even sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, you know, she's 60. But is she? (laughs) Well, you know, and you brought up the generation gap. And isn't that interesting? Because uh, I think, I feel that because I started over again in my 40s, 
that I forget that there is a quote unquote generation gap. I don't feel it because when I got divorced in my 40s, I felt like I was in my 20s. Now, granted, I had children, okay? So my girls at the time were like nine and 13. So I was a very responsible mommy. My kids always came first. So that was the only difference between, you know, a 20 something and me because I was basically in the same situation they were after graduating from college, for example. Yeah, and I and I started to uh, live, you know, do the things that I should have done in my 20s, like date a lot of people, go on a lot of dates and, you know, and all the other things you do in your 20s. Um, right. And try different jobs. Like I had three different kinds of jobs in my 40s. I did a lot of things in my 40s that that you do in your 20s because I missed out on that because I was engaged at 24 and married at 25. Right. And I think we talked about, I'm going to say we think I talked about this so many times, but I remember, yeah, you would, you said that because you got married so early, you, like you said, you missed out mm-hmm. on those opportunities and now you're, you're living your 20s in your 40s and in your 50s. But you know what's really cool about that is that, and I just said something to uh, somebody recently about, I think, I don't know who was talking, somebody who was, um, I think, a little bit older than me, and that what we wouldn't give up is the life experiences. And that's, again, where I think I'm able to bridge whatever generation gap that is, is that I have the life experiences to give somebody like you that's also open-minded. So not everybody is like you, Grace. You're also, I think, a little bit more mature than most women your age at 25. And I also think that you have an older soul. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody's ever told you that. I don't, I don't think they've told me to my face, but I think they've um, implied it. How do you feel? Do you feel like you have an older soul? I think I do. I feel like the older person in a younger body. Like, yeah, what you're saying. Right. So there could be another 25-year-old out there that is so is so immature. She would never give me the time of day because she might look at me and say, or find out how old I am because I don't think I look my age, but um, just think, what would I ever learn from this woman? Why would I ever hang out with her? You know, the law of attraction. I don't attract those types of people. I attract the people that are like-minded. And I think you are the same way. And I think that we were brought together for that reason, that the universe did bring us together for a reason. Yeah. I, I don't think that if you were somebody different, we wouldn't have this kind of relationship. And I want to say, I agree with you. I think we really do defy the odds of this age gap, mm-hmm. especially with our partnership, relationship, whatever friendship you want to call it. I think we really do defy that because, like you said, we have a lot of a lot of years between us. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't matter because if you can talk to someone about the same topics and be able to be understanding and and open-minded, like you said, with one another, then it really doesn't matter how old you are. It really doesn't. And that's why I talk about, you know, fighting ageism because so many people do judge you on your age. Did I ever tell you the story about the dog in the apartment? 
this is a good story for me to share. Okay. Perfect. Let's hear it. So there's a story about a woman who lived in some fancy apartment in New York and she would have her friends over for lunch every once in a while. And she was having a party, like a luncheon party. And um, everybody was playing with her dog, just like they always did. It was like a little poodle or something like that. I don't remember. And one day, one of the friends said, how old is your dog? And the woman said, she's 13. And suddenly, everybody stopped playing with the puppy, the dog. Because now they're like, whoa, the dog's older than we thought, yet, let's call the dog female. Yet, she acted so young. She acted like she was a little bit little puppy. But now that we know she's 13, mm-hmm. we're going to let her just sleep. Oh, no, you've never told me this. I love this story. Isn't that an amazing story? But it's it applies definitely to yeah. life because you're right. Once people know, like once people know these like little things like age or or you know their background or their past, yes, they're automatically judged for it instead of, oh, what do they actually do? Like what do they provide? Um, like how do they help? Like it's not that all goes away. It's like oh, they're this, they're labeled. That's what it is. It's labeling. It's labeling and it's judging, labeling and judging and saying, no, I I could never talk to a 60-year-old about it. And I will be honest with you that saying the word 60 um, is very, very, it's huge. It's monumental. It's a big fat number. And it's a little scary when I say it myself and I have to say it over and over again so I could get comfortable with it, but I don't feel any differently. And that's the thing that sucks about saying your age right now is that I don't want anybody to judge me. And I think we should all be judged on our merits, just like you may look 25, but you don't act 25, okay? Mm -hmm. So- Whatever that that means, that's what how people interpret it. So somebody might say, "Hey, Jody, who's the girl? Who's the person who's helping you with your social media?" And then they might say to me, "How old is she?" And I won't tell them how old you are because I don't want them to judge you and think, "Oh, she's only twenty five. How does she know what she's talking about? So there's age ageism two different ways. Either you're not old enough because you don't have enough experience. How can you help somebody like me? Or you're too old and you might be farty in the way that can I say farty? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not <laughs> you might be farty in the way you approach things. But again, it's that mindset and looking for that alignment and asking the universe to bring you people that you have that mutual attraction to that you align with. And so if if you believe in the law of attraction, that person will come to you and the age will not matter. And that's why, to go back to your question you asked me 10 minutes ago, what is it like hanging out with people that are 20, 30 years younger than me? I don't know. I don't think about it because we don't talk about my age like you and I. We just talk. We just talk about everything, everything. And I know because because we work together. Um and I bring up age a lot. So this is actually really interesting. Now that you said you don't tell my age to people, I, when I tell, you know, who I'm working with, you, mm-hmm. I always bring up the age because I'm so proud of you mm-hmm. for being your age and doing that. So this is like so interesting because 
I will mention it. I will, I will be like, oh yeah, you know, she's 60 and she's doing this. Meaning like, what are you doing? You have no excuses to say you're lazy and tired because you here is someone who is six years old and she is killing it and she is doing all the fitness workouts. You're right. It is like either one way or the other. And I try not to, especially with you, whenever I talk about you to anyone, since we talk so frequently, you're always on my mind. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's good or bad. No, 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 no. That's not bad. It's because like I'm always thinking about you. <laughs> this sounds so weird. I'm always thinking about you in terms of like, how can we keep growing you? Um, and yeah, so that that's mainly why I said that, not to to be weird and creepy. Yeah, you know, but I, I'm always thinking about like, okay, how do people portray you? And how do people, like, I want people to be comfortable with knowing you're 60. And I think that's what it is. Like, I love that you keep talking about it. And you're right, being like the older person and being like the older mentor and the sister, that is, you are like in the best place to be for someone like me. Like for someone wanting a role model and someone to look up to, you have the experiences, you have all of it, and you're open-minded to talk to someone like me. Thank you. That means a lot to me. That means so much to me. This is a real, um, I like, I don't know if it's part of being a woman or part of being a mom. You could ask your mom this, but part I think a lot of it has to do with being a mom is and a woman is that besides having a purpose, but for people to um, need me a little bit, like, hey, I need to, I need mom or I need Jody. What does Jody think about this? I like to be needed. I don't know if that's part of my personality. I think mm-hmm. it is. And I think I put that out there big time. Like, I, I like for people to need me, not to be not for me to paralyze them so they can't do anything without me, but to aid them along the way, along their journey. I like to work with people. I like to work in teams of people. I like putting things together. So in in being somebody's uh, role model or mentor or just a friend is gives me so much purpose and fills my heart up with joy. It really does. I know this sounds so corny, but mm-hmm. it really, really does. It gives me a huge purpose. And I was actually talking about this yesterday when we, when I was um, interviewing somebody yesterday that when we, um, you know, maybe it's not always about the financial gain. It's also about the accomplishment. So for me, when I won my shows, I won you know, a fifteen or twenty dollar trophy. I didn't win anything. I didn't win money. It was about the accomplishment. So, being somebody's role model um, and being able to dish out advice based on life experiences, based on my area of expertise, gives so much meaning to m- to me in my life. Right, you're absolutely right. The accomplishments really do. I know that all of the experiences that you've been through, the highs and lows. I know that probably wasn't as easy to go through, especially with your your past background. And I feel like there's so much in there that I, I'm just like go overlooking, but you know, that we'll get there. Maybe, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, and eventually maybe I'll have you back talking about different experiences, but with everything overall, just like looking at it, bigger picture, 
I know that wasn't easy to take in mentally. And I know you've had supportive people along the way. But what is it that helps you keep going every day um, and really just helps you focus and align with where you are now? That's a really good question. Some days I do struggle with, what are you doing, Jody? What are you doing? Like, where are you going with all of this? I do. I, I, I wouldn't say that it's sabotage talk. I wouldn't say it's that. It's just sometimes I do think about what are you accomplishing? Because I'm so goal-oriented that I have to get up every morning and think about what it is that I want to accomplish and why am I doing it? It's, you know, people talk about your why, your why, your purpose. And sometimes I th- I think to myself, and I, I think you and I have talked about it, like, why am I doing this? Like, why am right. I doing this video? Like, why are you making me do this? Like, why, 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 why? So I would have to say that what gets me up every single day is the same thing that got me up you know, from the time I got divorced and wasn't like my kids weren't babies anymore, it's that I want to leave my mark in the world. I want to leave a legacy. I want, you know, how like my children are everything to me. My my girls are everything to me. I want that when I die, I want them to know my mom left her mark. She inspired people. She motivated people. She educated people. She empowered people. And nobody else could have done it the way my mom did it. She was a force. And that's what gets me going every day is I think about my daughters. And I think about, I couldn't sit back on my laurels and go, okay, I'm 60, time to kick it up and move to Florida and just drink those margaritas and (laughs) get fat and don't work out. And I shouldn't say fat, get unhealthy. Um, But being overweight is not healthy. So it just doesn't align with me. So I don't know. I just always feel like there's a finger poking me in the back and keep going, going, going. It's just something, it's a fire within, fire in my belly and leaving something for my daughters to remember me by. Yeah. And because of what you just said, that is why you are successful at what you do. You're not doing it for for what is it? Financial gain? Is that what you said? It's no, it's never been about the financial gain. That doesn't mean that I'm not hungry for the financial gain and that I wasn't in it for the financial gain, but I do truly, truly believe, and I think books have been written about this many, many times, that if you just go after the money, Mm -hmm. then you're not going to feel fulfilled. You won't be fulfilled. Right. As I've told my daughters, do something that you love. And it will grow. It will grow because eventually everything becomes a job, right? You're doing what you love to do. You're helping people grow their businesses. You're the creative person. Mm-hmm. Um, and but eventually, you know, at, at some point, you're like, it's a job. You know, you're it's a job, and people are paying you to do this job. But you love what you do because at the end of the day, you see the results. You see the accomplishments. You'll say to me, Jody, look at your insights. Look at how you've grown. Look what you've done. And like. That's where the joy is. That's where that's you're like, oh, now I know why I work my tail off all the time. It's for that reason. It's right. not you're not thinking about, oh, it's because Jody pays me this much money. It's yeah. I'm sure you never think about it like that. No, I enjoy everything we do together. And again, that's why we are aligned. If you were like, 
oh, Jody, this is going to cost you this, and this is going to cost you this. Okay, but before we do this, this is going to cost this. I'd be like, get out of my house. I do not <laughs> want to work with you. Yeah, that would not. No, I know what you mean, and you're right. Yeah. And it's, and, and those are again the kind of people I've gotten rid of all of the negative Nellies, the Debbie Downers, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> negative Nelly. I don't know. I pulled that one out of my butt just now. That's a really old one. See, that's what shows your age. No one, I can't remember what I was going to say <laughs> happened to me today. Oh, okay. So it's, uh, you know, and get rid of the negative talk. And that's very hard too. And I think everybody struggles with that, no matter what age you are, that you struggle with it, especially with COVID this year and being quarantined and everybody, you know, some people just like rose to the occasion and said, you know, and pivoted like I did in my business or they, um, they just fell apart and got depressed. And I can't say there probably wasn't one person in the world that didn't get depressed or sad at one point while we were all in quarantine. And mm-hmm. I did it as a huge opportunity to find out what else is out there for me to do to help other people and how I could enhance somebody else's life, better them, and do that by um, by placing myself in their life somehow or another, whether, whether it's on a podcast, radio show, or through my meal plan or workout plans, whatever it is. Because um, I do want people to live and be the best versions that they can be. And those that want to help each, those that want to help themselves will. Those that mm-hmm. find excuses and blame others will not. Right. So I don't ever want anyone to come to me and make an excuse, being like, "It is too late for me to do anything," because I will point them right at you and be like, "It's too late! It's too late! <laughs> Look what she did!" Thank you, thank you. And I, um, I'm going to just keep going because I think my 60s are going to be friggin' amazing. I look at my 30s, and you know this, my 30s were about bringing up my children. My 40s were about self-discovery because I was now you know, a single mom. And then my 50s were about starting a business and you know, really focusing in on the business that I was creating and being a business owner, being an entrepreneur, getting involved in different kinds of businesses. Uh, my children, I was an empty nester. I was going through menopause. It was messy. It was messy. Different relationships. And um, and then getting married at the end of my 50s, you know, when I was 58 and a half years old, uh, then Sports Illustrated. And, you know, and then that's, you know, I wanted to just bring that up because I was talking mm-hmm. to you about that today, about the last year and a half has changed tremendously for me. I have a different outlook because my youngest daughter encouraged me to try out for Sports Illustrated Swim, and I made it to the top 60 out of 10,000 women that were more than half my age. And again, um, at that point, I I did have some perspective, and I said, no, like this is stupid. Lexi, I'm not doing this. And she said, what have you always taught me? Put on your big girl pants and get out there and go do it. And I'm like, wow, okay, <laughs> listening to me. Boy, well, at least, at least I know she was listening to me, right? Right. And that just opened up an entirely new world to me. And I don't think you and I have really discovered that and gone into that in any type of detail. And I won't I won't get into it right now, but I my life has changed so much because of that moment of because of making global news, because I realized there were so many women that needed my help, because I realized I could have an effect, a positive effect on other people's lives that they gave me a whole new outlook on what I want to do 
for the rest of my life and how I can mm-hmm. stand in my truth and really be powerful in my 60s because now I've gone through it all, okay? I don't know what else the universe is going to throw at me, but you know, if you could get through menopause, you can get through anything. It's true. 70s and you 60. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Please, keep going. Say 70. Oh my God. 70. Ooh. Okay. So I want to wrap up this episode, but before I do, I just want to say that, you know, Jody and I work together and I listen to your live podcast every week and everyone should tune in because there's some really awesome guests she features on her show. And I'm going to reverse the roles here and ask you the same question that you ask every guest at the end of your Fearlessly Authentic show. What does Fearlessly Authentic mean to you? Oh, you're so mean. (laughs) Wow. I didn't want to tell you about this. Wow. Okay. What does Fearlessly Authentic mean to me? Mm -hmm. It really means to be living in my truth, like living not faking it, not trying to be somebody else, not trying just to be me. And that's been the hardest thing in the world for me because I always felt like I had to fit in because everybody wanted to put me in a box. So for my whole life, I was fitting into a box to make other people feel comfortable. So fearlessly authentic means to me living outside of the rules that society thinks that somebody my age should be living in and being constantly truthful to the way I want to live my life and not to be scared to do that because for my whole life, I was scared to be me. So fearlessly authentic means to not be scared to be me, of being me. So true. And you are getting there and we are going to keep growing and evolving together. Thank you, Grace. I love that. I look forward to it. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next season, Past to Present series, where I'll share four or more stories of my past that ties into something I've carried with me now the present. These will be life experiences that helped shape who I am or taught me something. I hope to share more of my background, my past, and my experiences with you all. Looking forward to the next season. And as always, if you have any questions, feedback, or topic suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thanks for tuning in!